Podcasting is filled with a lot of interesting lessons. One of those being, you can never trust your equipment, no matter how reliable it has been. This episode was the first that we have ever lost beginning 10 or so minutes of an episode, and apparently the recorder just kept on going from there. So we joined this conversation as Laura and Janine describe how thankful they are to have their YouTube channel together. You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Spellcheck. Today we are joined by Laura and Janine of the YouTube channel Shiny Bright Doggo. Collectively, they're scouring thrift stores, estate sales, and even trash to find vintage holiday treasures and stuff of our childhood. Welcome to the show, Laura and Janine. I have to imagine that there's a lot of thankfulness that comes from having a shared hobby that you can have together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's hear about it. Yeah, we're, we're, first of all, we're definitely thankful. Very thankful uh, to be able to enjoy this together. Yeah. Because not a lot of people do get to enjoy mm -hmm. uh, something that they love with their partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. antiques. I've yeah. got a lot of comments about that. Mm -hmm. There's usually one partner is not interested mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're lucky. Mm -hmm. And we're lucky to enjoy the same things. But then Janine also has her things that she's after. And I have my things that I'm after. So I love we that. get to celebrate each other's finds. Yes. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. And also that like huge rush of finding something in a different part of somewhere and then running back with your eyes huge. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. The best part. <laughs> Look at what I found. Oh, my God. I love yeah. finding yeah. something for someone else. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. always mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. That is always the best feeling. And my husband is a collector by proxy because of me. <laughs> yeah. He didn't right. grow up with vintage or doing any of the vintage things. And I was just like birthed into it. <laughs> like you two both seemingly were. And so <laughs> I'll be out and I was like, oh my God, that is a, and he's like, it just looks like, I'm like, don't disparage it. It's useful. <laughs> we can use it. Yeah. So I want to know, because you both come from a background of various types of collecting. So Laura, we'll start with you. What was your introduction to being or realizing you were around collectibles? You know, I was thinking about it and I don't think I had as much exposure as Janine did to like antiques and vintage. Um, but I always did have a fascination with like the history behind pieces. So I did go through like a skeleton key phase when I was younger. Yes. Um, you Perfect. know, every, I feel like everybody did. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like everyone has that like, it's like the, um, you know, like the stepping stone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like an so old key ring with tons of keys on it. Mm -hmm. And, and right, it, right. I mine, it normally sits in my front hallway area. As it would. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So, yeah, I think I, I liked some things like that. I went to an antique mall here or there, but I think I was always a collector. Like, I was really into Pokemon, oh, and I had yeah. to have every single one. It wasn't just about, like, having a few. Mm -hmm. You know, I was into the Beanie Babies, and I had to have every single Beanie Baby. So I think, for me, it was more like collecting as a sport, almost. Like, mm -hmm. like have, have every single one. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the interest in vintage and antique came after because of my interest in, like, the history behind the pieces. Yeah. That's yeah. Sam yeah. all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time we called my grandma. She was a big QVC watcher. And they mm -hmm. had, were doing, like, a Pokemon day. And we knew we could like bait and switch her with something like exchanging <laughs> labor. And they had 
the Pokedexes <laughs> on QVC and we called her. There was like Pokedexes and like a field manual of like identifying Pokemon. Yes. And she got them for us. And <laughs> nice. it was very exciting. <laughs> Can I interject with a QVC story? Please. With my dad. Oh, God. <laughs> Your dad. Okay, so, um, and this is, this will never live, uh, this will live in infamy forever, but uh, once when I was probably like 14, 13, 14, my dad um, stayed up way too late drinking some really good scotch Mm -hmm. and ended up on QVC. (laughs) Um, Now listen, my dad is like ex-military, he's very, he's an outdoorsman, he likes tools, he's a dude. If you're new to the show, I... When I describe her parents, I go, Reba McIntyre's character and the husband from Tremors. Are my parents. <laughs> Hands down. So, um, dad gets on QVC uh, and promptly forgets. And then, like, two months later, we receive a box that is almost as big as a, uh, it's like a baby coffin size. It is a huge box full of knives and swords. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Which, which he then spent the next, like, three years giving out as gifts to people. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I still have some of them, and he's got one of the swords just like a hanging up in his house. His claim to QVC fame. My grandma would be jealous. My mom was furious for years about this. Oh my That's god! So, so my entire family has a pocket knife from that episode of wow. my dad's oh. drinking QVC. QVC. The memory everyone can share now. Yes. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Oh my God. It's also very on brand for it's my family. Incredibly on brand. It's shocking. <laughs> oh so um, what about you? Where did you start picking up your collecting and like being engrossed in that world? Oh boy. Um, hmm. Well, I guess similar to Laura, um, it was, yeah, like Pokemon cards. It was uh, your cat collection. My cat collection. It was <laughs> <laughs> the collection that was kind of forced upon you. Yeah, yeah. My um, my brother uh, was working with my aunt at an estate cleanout, and just he knew I liked cats, and brought literally just a box full of ceramic cat figurines. I love it. Uh, and I wish I could find them because now I'm wondering. I'm like, was it a napko? Was it a oh, left? Yeah. You know, I had no idea at the time. Right yeah. now, you're like, shit. <laughs> when yeah. were those made? Was it a whole tower? Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> so cool. I think yeah, it was like um, kind of by proxy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then we we just we fed off each other. Yeah, sort of skipping forward. Yeah, we. Yeah, the the ball just kept rolling from there. <laughs> yeah, because you, Janine specifically, you had like flea market outings every weekend, right? Yes. Um, so around where I lived, there was a flea market that would that would uh, it's like spring fall time mm-hmm. that it would pop up, and it was once a month, and it was like a family outing. We would go and. My mom loved going to like the antique section and she was at the time very into green glass still kind of is, but she was specifically looking for, I think it was a cream and sugar Mm -hmm. set from her mother, like a pattern that her mother had. Mm -hmm. And so anytime there was like a table with, you know, green glass, we'd go to it, which just led to looking at other old stuff and other, you know, and for a while, I got into marbles. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love like, that. 
everything, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, like similar, I think a lot of people have that experience of collecting of, you start it with somebody you care about or you love, right? And they're kind of taking you under their wing, which we then find out was like, they just needed somebody that would go with them because yeah. nobody else was. <laughs> but then that's where it starts of, you're not necessarily interested in what the item is. You're more interested in like its history and the story. And mm-hmm. like, I can tell you how many times I've picked something up, looked at it and been like, ma, and then whoever is selling it will tell me something interesting about it. And then I'm like, oh, well, now I don't mm. want to put you back down. Now I yeah. want to bring right. you back yeah. with me. Yeah. And and that like, it's, and that's with like every piece, you know, there's always a story yeah. to every piece. And, um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's why I personally love estate sales. We have a lot of estate sales in this area. I know it's like different in the Midwest. Like we got a lot of subscribers saying like, we don't have any estate sales near us or, they don't have mm. digger estate sales. Like here you dig in a lot of them, which is a lot of fun. But oh. you get to see like personal pieces, you know, mm-hmm. of information that sort of you can connect the dots and learn, oh, this woman was a crafter. She loved crafting. She had, you know, three kids. And that's what we really enjoy doing um, mm-hmm. and sharing that with people. I yeah. think geographically, it's really different depending on which part of the country you're in. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. places it like swap meets are every weekend and some places mm-hmm. sale companies do not exist. Yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it's weird to... To see which parts of the country have that um, kind of collector vintage community mm-hmm. to the yeah. point where it's like become a business versus yeah. some places where the only vintage and uh, find is like online. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like our area specifically with estate sales, there's a handful of companies, like less than five within a hundred mile radius. Yeah. Wow. And our estate sales mostly, so one company, they do a Thursday night for two to three hours and then Friday, Saturday, but literally there is hardly any estate sales on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sunday sure. stuff around here does right. not happen because of the uh, religion like that makes up the 90% of the demographic, right? Whether it's Catholics or people that are LDS. Yeah. Things on Sunday don't happen. There's entire towns that like there's not a store open on Sunday. Yeah, wow. everything shuts down on Sunday, mm-hmm. kind of regardless. Mm-hmm. So oh, I oh. found that interesting too. And to hear you guys mention a digger estate sale, what the hell <laughs> is that? Yes, please. <laughs> it's like our go-to. So I feel like we see like we watch other YouTube channels and we see like it looks like Midwestern YouTube channels. Like when they go to estate sales, everything is laid out and priced and neatly like placed and mm-hmm. very organized by the company. Which happens here too, mm-hmm. but I'd say here um, it's sort of a mix of estate sales that are run like that, where everything's organized, and then these other sales that are coin digger sales, where everything's oh, like untouched. Yeah, mm-hmm. you oh. go into the house as is. What? And like, oh. yeah, that's a thing. And you're expected to go yeah. in and literally dig. And sometimes the houses are cram packed, mm-hmm. which we enjoy. Yeah, yeah. and old, um, <laughs> and you just dig that and you find whatever so you find. Yeah, it's like that's our favorite because that's where we find most of the mm-hmm. amazing stuff. Yeah, and before I don't know if it was I don't know if you knew this, but like before YouTube, I didn't know that that wasn't like a norm. Sort yeah, of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We thought every estate sale was like walk in, no prices. You make a pile. The bigger your pile, usually the better your prices. Yeah. What? So. I have only been to like maybe two or three houses like that where it's like the family that's putting it together and they are my dream sales. I love nothing more than to snoop through somebody else's stuff 
Right. And like the thrill of like, I know where I put shit in my own house. And like when I see like a bank of like built-ins by the bathroom, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. There is going to be some good stuff in there. Like my friend Mm -hmm. Melissa and I went to one for her birthday last year and it was an estate sale. We had no idea what we were going into. And we literally get there and we see the piles that people have on the lawn already. And we see this one where he's very clearly a reseller because he has every vintage tin and lunchbox he has found in the house, like 40 of them. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we both start like our hearts racing, right? And we're like, did I hydrate enough for this? (laughs) And you go in and like, they're literally like this side of the garage is off limits, but everything else is. And it was a full dig fest and they were, it was only for two hours. And I have never harassed somebody on Facebook to like go back into a house. (laughs) And I was like, I can bring other people, like if you're trying to move more stuff. And then I saw they listed furniture and I was like, it's my inn. <laughs> so we show up, there's still a ton of stuff in the house. And he was like, it was the realtor showing us. And he goes, well, did you guys want to buy this furniture? And I was like, oh, I thought you were doing another estate sale because that's how it was listed. And he was like, no, he's like, the guy isn't here. And um, he's like, and then he like looked at me, he goes, wait a minute. He's like, you're the one with the podcast, right? And I was like, that's right. That is me. He says, let me call the owner and see. So he calls him and Jill and I are in a room like listening. And he's like, hey, Charlie, there's some people here that want to buy some more stuff. I'm just wondering if you're okay with that. And I hear him on the other end go like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he's like 70 years old. And so the guy comes back and he goes, you have 30 minutes. And it was like a literal supermarket oh. sweep. I can imagine. That's and, the dream. I have oh. not heard this story. And Jill, so there's some stuff that's being boxed up that we are like off limits, right? And then I go, oh, are the boxes for sale? And he goes, yeah, he didn't say anything. So Jill opens a box and pulls out a full wool trench coat with beaver on the collar. And I went, put that. said, put that shit back in the box. We're buying the whole box. We ended up with six vintage union made coats out of that. That were all my size plus size. Wow. And like Lucite candlesticks and like literally the dream. I found a Lucite handled spider web hand crocheted evening bag. Oh wow. Forget it. Like I will never like happen again. Sales. I didn't know yeah, that's the, where yeah. you got that. Mm-hmm. Those are the estate sales that you just like keep talking about for months mm-hmm. and months after and you're mm-hmm. like, how did that like, happen? Yeah. yeah. It's well, like un- because like, yeah, because yeah. one of you has a story about finding Holt Howard at like an estate sale like that, uh, right? I, I yeah, that Holt Howard estate sale. Pop. Well, that one was interesting. It wasn't quite a digger sale, but they didn't know what they had. Mm-hmm. And I came out with a Holt Howard Santa picture set for fifteen dollars. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. shut <laughs> up. Yeah. And among other Holt Howard pieces, when was well, that? Like how recently? That was last year. Oh my what? God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There was one, see, I think we're, we have like many an uh, estate sale strategy. And one of the strategies is to really look at those pictures. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was one whole tower dish. And I was like, well, if there's one, there's more, maybe there's more. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot more. We came out with our whole kitchen table was covered. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Yeah. It's wild. So many. They pieces. actually said that they pulled it out of a storage unit. She, this woman had a storage. I'm remembering she had a storage yes. unit filled with it, and they, I guess, they went into the storage unit, pulled it out, and brought it back into the house to have an estate sale. Which is interesting. Wow. I, I, it's really common for people that have either collected or like maybe be stepping into hoarding, or they will get something like that to not bring things home. 
There was one of one of my clients, they had to clear out um, her husband's father's estate and he had four storage units, another house and his house. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because wow. and it's oh, yeah, it's that very real possibility of, you know, why yeah. am I doing this now? It's right. interesting you bring up an estate sales strategy because mm-hmm. I feel like if you're a part of the community, you mm-hmm. you get it. So yeah. mm-hmm. what is your estate sale strategy? They both look at each other <laughs> knowingly. Yeah. We just like looked at each other. I feel like it's luckily what you said, like each other, mm-hmm. four hands, mm-hmm. better than two. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But like it really goes down to the, the estate sale listing. I feel like um, mm-hmm. we've like gone down to like trying to figure out like, okay, is this in a basement? Is this in the kitchen? Where is yes. this piece? Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, I think we find the holiday stuff. We're always going to the basements first. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, basement first. Um, like sometimes I feel like you're more tactical, mm. right? You're more like, I have a plan, I have a vision, I'm going to that spot. And for me, sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I need to go this way. Mm-hmm. Opposite, complete yeah. opposite way. Mm-hmm. But yet that works. Yeah, it works for us. You'll do find you split stuff. up when you go to we the yeah, okay. split up. All right, good. For the most part. Right. Yeah. And also like in estate sales and in thrift stores, my strategy is to always like scan really fast, (laughs) see what I'm, you know, grab Mm -hmm. everything and then do second, third, fourth rounds. Yeah. And I'm, I'm slow. Right. That's where I am. I start at the beginning and I go through Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. and I don't veer off the track because you start Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. you end and that's how it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. (laughs) my anxiety i'm like i gotta see everything i am a literal i look in my eyes it's like up and down up and down up and down up and down and i'm i have like a list of big pieces i'm after to see first see the price and if it's if it's like worth it so i go through the house and i find all of my like main shit i'm after and then i do Mm -hmm. the other pass and then i will if i find one good thing in a place that's like a digging spot i will just sit down and dig (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm very similar Mm -hmm. yeah I'll veer off the path if I see books, mm-hmm. but that's it. Yeah. And if I go with somebody else, we'd split up. Like, mm-hmm. and when I go with Jill specifically, we will split up and we both know what the other one is after at the same house because we do the same thing with the photos. Like I have learned right. so much about estate sailing just from having this show that like, mm-hmm. I'll send a picture of a sale to one of my friends and I will get a circled picture back. That's like, do you see this? And it's yes. like zoomed yep. in corner of, and yep. I'm like, yep. I'm not being <laughs> thorough yes. enough. Did apparently. you see- Yeah. Like, did you see that corner? It looks like flocked red material. It must yeah. be a Santa. Like, Literally, yeah. somebody yeah. goes, you see those seven rolls of wallpaper? And I'm like, where the fuck did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> Image 14. Go to that one. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> so now it's like my husband will be like, what are you doing? And I'll either have my iPad or my phone. And I'm like, zooming. Yep. Yeah. Or like, if it's not holding the zoom, I'll just screenshot in the zoom. And I like go back <laughs> to it. Yep. So there's your uh, tip of the week. Uh <laughs> scan those photos like it may or may not be a crime scene that's true (laughs) absolutely and you can also i don't know if you guys do this but do you do the thing where when you're looking at somebody's house you can kind of get a feel for like their age when they were primarily gathering things like that you're like oh this is a 60s ish 70s ish and then some you're like this person was 105 and they collected (laughs) from the 20s to the 80s yes yeah yeah um if it looks mid-century Yeah, even if there's stuff that's, like, not holiday, like, I know we're, like, mainly facing, like, how should I phrase this? I guess, like, to the eye, it looks like we're, like, holiday all the time, but, like, mm-hmm. if you watch enough of us or know enough, like, we don't just do holiday. Mm-hmm. So if we see a house that looks like, oh, you know, 
old stuff we're gonna go like <laughs> yeah. you never know what you're gonna find yeah. you know yeah but, um especially like that's when you find things that like we wouldn't mind selling mm, that's because we we aren't resellers yeah uh, foremost mm-hmm. but like going into those older homes you see some things that's like wow i know someone's going to appreciate this i love yes. that yeah and just because i can't love and appreciate it i'm going to pass it on to someone who yeah can, you know? right right and I'm glad you brought that up, too, because we are not resellers. Yes, we do resell some vintage, but mm-hmm. we generally don't sell it for full-blown like comps of what you're finding for that same reason of like, I think that it's like vintage foster care. Like, I am finding something that I know somebody's going to love. I feel called to it. I'm going to bring it home for a little while. And then when I find somebody that's going to love it, it's like just the best payment to be like, here, you take yeah. this. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. you'll love it. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of work goes into reselling, like people who are full-time resellers and we have all the respect for them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's like, it is a full-time job. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's something that there are people who do it with the social media, without the social media, it's amazing on its own. But for us, we're definitely collectors. Mm-hmm. And because we find so much stuff, we feel blessed enough to be able to pass it along to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think is yeah. beautiful, right? Yeah. It's like, and being a part of this like world, like there are people that I feel personally allegedly take advantage of people liking certain things and knowing, you know, and obviously they have to make their money. But when I start to see stuff like things that are now like the gentrification inside of the world of thrift and vintage is rampant, right? Yeah. It's bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, you know, obviously some issues with that, but I think when you're like a collector first and you're going into something where you're like, okay, I know that's great, but I'm not going to take it home with me today, even though it's 50 cents or whatever. Yeah. Me mm-hmm. personally, my opinion. Yeah, exactly. We just came across a blow mold with blow molds, right? Um, lots of money. I don't know in your area, but like here, like blow molds are going for hundreds of dollars. Ooh. And we came across one at the thrift store the other day for twenty dollars. Was it the Santa, Santa one? Santa blow mold. It's a good price. You could definitely flip it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have him already, mm-hmm. and we figured hopefully it'll go to it. We decided to pass on him. Yeah, and hopefully it'll go to another collector. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, so not always about how much you can flip it for. Yeah, for the yeah. collector side of right. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and it, you know we have lots of reseller friends too, and they're busy all the time, and it's that constant, you know, like the. To me personally, it removes the fun of shopping for vintage when I'm thinking about what I'm going to sell it, how I'm going to sell it. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't resell anything ever. Mm-hmm. I'm always just looking for stuff just for right. my collection. Yeah, and that's just like specifically how my brain works. Like it's just not a, not a thing that I like find high reward in doing rather than giving something to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I want to talk too about because you um, you mentioned holidays and blow molds and all of those things. So talk to us a little bit about like how you guys like came together with your collections and like being like oh you like this you like this now let's make it work together i guess mm-hmm. right how did that happen honestly <laughs> it, it might um it might start with your mom actually it probably did <laughs> yeah it may have started with your mom yeah um so my mom how should i begin this my mom has always been like very into christmas like growing up it wasn't just one little snowman figurine she had about 30 to 40, like all over the house. Good. She's very into her snowmen, very into <laughs> Christmas. Um, and she actually, I guess she always had an appreciation for older Christmas. 
when her grandmother passed away, um, she went into the house's attic and took all the vintage, well, you know, vintage Christmas and mm -hmm. she still has those pieces. And I think she sort of started to rekindle that love of mm -hmm. her grandmother's like older pieces, maybe how many years ago now, like five or so years ago. Oh, wow. And I think it actually began with that box of ornaments she found on the side of the road. Yeah. On oh, the side of the road. <laughs> of course. The I best way the to find the them. Were they, was I there? Uh, no. Where was I? <laughs> we both weren't there, Laura. Oh, I thought she should. I don't know. But, um, but she, um, I went through the box with her. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Um, you were, uh, you were in China at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <note>. Um, <laughs> um. And uh, so your mom and I went through the box and she's showing me like all these old ornaments and we're talking about them and we're looking things up and learning about them. It's the first time I heard shiny bright mm -hmm. um, and just looking at the amazing detail. And like, mm -hmm. she sort of introduced us, I think yeah. to some of the older Christmas stuff. And then I don't know how I stumbled upon um, vintage V spot on Instagram I don't know oh, if you guys yeah. are familiar with Vanessa mm -hmm. and her amazing, kitschy, colorful 70s collection. I stumbled across her account and I was like, whoa, what mm -hmm. is this stuff? I need to have it all. Mm -hmm. And that sort of led me to sort of discover this vintage community on Instagram, mm -hmm. which included holiday, but all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I need all this stuff in my life because it's cute. It's also cute. Like all the vintage <laughs> Christmas is so cute. And I was like a Hello Kitty girl. I was a Hamtaro girl. Like I needed... <laughs> all the cute stuff yes, and the stuff course. is so much cuter than what they make today so i was mm -hmm. like i need to have it all mm -hmm. and that's sort of i think i got obsessed with it and i dragged janine in ultimately yeah <laughs> well i don't think you dragged me in. i was a willing participant um, <laughs> yeah. um part of that yeah just that like i don't know the the ornaments mm -hmm. pulled me in mm -hmm. and then i started like looking at my family's own um collection of christmas things and seeing uh my mom still has the jewel bright ornaments from when she got first married wow. to my dad and oh like, wow we still we still put those on the tree so what you know seeing these i'm like wow this is something people like this is i like these because i grew up with them i didn't know there was a whole world you know and seeing them styled on instagram i think also sold me yeah, you know it's I mean? so helpful, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's like one thing to see it at a sale or whatever and not yeah, think okay. a thing of it. But then seeing it live in somebody's space, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. that's how that could work. Exactly. The staging of it. Mm -hmm. yep. Thanks, Instagram. Yeah, because yeah. I had a really similar experience of like, I grew up with a, you grow up around certain collectibles that you just think everybody has in their house. And yeah. you're kind of shut off to other genres of it and with the same thing like instagram and tumblr and those types of things i was like oh what is kitsch or what is this or what is that and then realizing like i could expand what my personal brand of collecting was outside of what i had been taught to do mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. right yep yeah and that, that makes me think of like um blow molds like when i was younger that's when people were throwing them out. Like no one wanted blow molds at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my dad used to come home. Uh, he works in um, garbage, the garbage business. And he would come home with like a bag full of like soldiers. Mm -hmm. My mom would be like, why are you bringing these home? <laughs> like, right. where are you going to put these? We don't need people's garbage. Like, you're why like, are you doing you're this? Like, Just wait, dad. They're going to be worth $50 a pop. No doubt. Right. <laughs> right. And now to see like the, the prices and yeah. 
um the love of those things like it's just like gone up so so much even in the past few years yeah. like i started i found out about whole tower in 2018 like christmas santa whole tower and i bought i think every piece on ebay in that year wow <laughs> and <laughs> i've bought i bought pieces at the time at for like $70 and now they're like $300, $500 and you can't even touch them, you yeah. know? Yeah. When you said the whole Howard punch bowl, we had that in a state sale walkthrough pretty recently. And the mm-hmm. eBay comp for it selling was like almost $3,000 for the bowl wow. and the cups. It's unbelievable. Cause it is, yeah. it is untouchable. Like I, mm-hmm. and when stuff gets to that, I don't even participate. Like that's, what's frustrating about vintage Halloween. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite oh. things to collect, but I refuse to pay yep. For most things, full-blown mm-hmm. retail. Like my masks behind us, you can only see a couple of them, were the first Collegeville masks I stumbled upon in the wild at an estate sale. And mm-hmm. at the time, before I knew how valuable they were, they were asking like $5 a piece for them. Now I kick myself. Right. Because at the time, I was like, you got to be shitting me. $5 for these right. masks. Right. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm thinking like of the complete Batman costume that was down there that was Collegeville. Oh. Oh. For real. What did you do? I sinned apparently at some point, and that was my or the amount of vintage Christmas that was down there that at the time did <laughs> not interest me. And I just Yep. yep. It's yeah. crazy how fast it has inflated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder, is it ever gonna come down? I don't think it I don't know. That's something we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wonder that often. Like because you both entered the online YouTube space of like showing what you're doing in 2020, right? When a lot of us kind of Stepped into this world of what the fuck are we going to do? Let's do yeah. this. We're all home forever now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, um, was it 2020? Was it the end of 2019? I can't remember. No, it was 2020. Was it 20? The end of 2020? Middle 2020? Yeah, it's only been like a year and a half, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we did start, I guess, in 2020. It just feels it's so okay. longer today. Time <laughs> isn't real, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, I think... That was just when the thrift stores were starting to like really get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like that summer mm-hmm. we were like, yeah. okay, things are starting to reopen. We can meet. Cause we'd been talking about it for like a year before or mm-hmm. like months before and just never did it. Yeah. A lot of that was like, uh, you know, we would post hauls or I should say you would post a lot of uh, these amazing estate sale hauls mm-hmm. and these pictures and people would be like, where did you get that? How, How? did you get that? And, uh, we thought we should film it yeah, and show people, you know, mm-hmm. um, just show like, yeah, how, I, how we do it, where we go. Mm-hmm. And um, that's been sort of like what we wanted to do with YouTube. You know, a lot of, a lot of YouTubes out there are like reselling, which is great, but um, we want to sort of bring like a collector. Uh, we want to bring a collector perspective mm-hmm. to sort of what's mm-hmm. out there. And that's what we do. We just share our experience and, now that we do have this platform, we're lucky enough to be able to pass it on to people who like see us, you know, go shopping with us. And yeah. it's like a really great like circle of like finding, collecting, you know, regifting to other people mm-hmm. and collectors. So we have a lot yeah. of fun with it. I love that idea too of like bringing people along with us mm-hmm. shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can't go out mm-hmm. or don't have the stores. And like there is that like, I mean, we watch YouTube. Yeah. We That's why we watch it. So, yeah. you know, we understand like, that joy of like going along with someone, seeing them find something. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, just, I like that. Like, yeah, you know, like it, there's that like third person. I feel when we're mm-hmm. out there looking, it's like mm-hmm. the viewers with us too. 
which is really uh, accessibility wise fantastic. And I love the information you guys have in your videos as you're finding the items of kind of saying, how to identify? Here's what it is. Here's like things to look for if you like maybe are reselling or like, oh, I'm not going to get this because it's chipped or it's this or it's that or whatever reason. I think makes it look more realistic than how kind of the other side can kind of look as we're walking mm-hmm. in and we're finding in like the most expensive pieces and all of that because it's really not what it is to thrift is like especially now after a lot of box type thrift places have caught wind of valuable items yep definitely and have outpriced the people you know they're supposed to help and all of that shit i really i really like the idea of it kind of being a how-to guide your videos mm-hmm. to, to help teach people like if they're interested in this kind of thing but they just don't know where to start mm-hmm. that's fantastic that they can literally just go into the store with you and see what you do and see your process mm-hmm. and say oh okay i can do this too yeah yeah totally and that's yeah. we've uh, had a few comments like people like finding pumpkins like yeah. pumpkin pails because like we love them so much and we've taught them about that and like that's really fun and exciting and, yeah like, and we hope that, like, whatever, um, you know, information we're giving, that even if you don't have, because we get a lot of comments, too, and, like, agreed that we have, like, these amazing thrift stores that we go to where we do literally find leftins on the shelves, you know. Mm-hmm. But we hope that um, people take the information that we give and, like, are able to take that with them to an estate sale, to a garage sale, mm-hmm. to whatever spots they, lo- you know, thrif- to whatever spots they go to and thrift at. And can use that information mm-hmm. any way they want to. You From know? somebody that's not trying to teach him a class or show him a course yeah. or sign up for this. Right. And from the like the accessibility aspect of it, of not only maybe, you know, somebody doesn't have it in their area, but they're too anxious to shop or being mm-hmm. in public is terrifying. All of that. Or they, yeah. you know, literally can't get to where they yeah. want to go thrift. To be able to experience that from somebody that's just literally sharing it so it's joyful is mm-hmm. Like the most beautiful part about it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just like going out with us and like seeing what we see and like sharing in the joy that we, because we we are our authentic selves. Like, yeah. yeah, And I try, I try to like just like the, the, not the message, but like the feel I try to get across is like, you're our friend and you're shopping with us. Totally. Yeah. Yes. You know, like we're not teaching, we're not, we're not teaching you like to teach you. We're just like sharing mm-hmm. yeah. stories. And, as, like, as someone who yeah. has trouble going out to crowded stores, I really <laughs> appreciate that attitude mm-hmm. because I, I'm not somebody who goes out thrifting a whole lot. I just have mm-hmm. a lot of like social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. We're happy mm-hmm. to hear that. Yeah. And I think there's a multitude of reasons why people watch these types of YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just, happy that our little corner of the thrifting world resonates with so many people. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful platform to build from because where can it go bad? Mm -hmm. Right? Like where can it be? Somebody's just like, they're just being too nice and (laughs) like sharing cool stuff. How dare they? Right. How dare they? Yeah. Yeah, It's wonderful. Good job. Like that's why I'm so excited to share you because your collecting and your love for stuff is so similar to what we hold as like the most valuable aspects of collecting, which is stories mm. first, vintage second. Yeah. Like, 
keeping mm-hmm. the history or whatever it is just alive a little bit longer so somebody else can appreciate it. Exactly. That's what we say yeah. all the time, especially during our estate sale videos. Um, you know, just reiterating that we're trying to keep alive and pass on people's mm-hmm. belongings and lives and memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just had the experience of being on the other side of an estate sale at the beginning of this year. My grandmother, who was my yeah. antique mentor and taught me everything. This, this hat today was actually is funny. Speaking of nothing, my the all the boys in the family went camping every year and the girls couldn't go. Right. <laughs> and so when we were going through the house, my brother found this hat for me and it's from one of the camping trips. And oh, no. he was like, do you want this hat? I was like, you bet your ass. I want that fucking hat. <laughs> I was like, tell my me I can't go camping now, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> It's my turn now. <laughs> but being on the other side of an estate sale setup, we hired a company, a very dear friend, and they were wonderful. But the anxiety I felt leading up to it of wondering um, if people were going to appreciate the dialogue that her house told, their household, and then also not wanting to go at all because I know how hurtful some people can be in their dialogue while going through a home. And it was a really humbling moment of being like, if you don't have anything constructive to say while you're in a home going through somebody's entire life, keep it to yourself. Yeah. I think going to yeah. an estate yeah. sale requires respect for the Like yourself. reverence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's something we, I don't want to say learn, but like, I think we always took that as like um, a value that we always had going into estate sales. It's like, like an honor to go into someone's yes. home. And something that we felt like. Mm-hmm. It's almost like common knowledge. I don't know, but then yeah, you would think, right? Like in our mm-hmm. yeah, and in our beginning estate sale videos, we had a lot of comments being like, "I don't like you going." Like, I don't want to, not word for word, but you know, basically alluding to like, "There's no respect." Mm. Us, like, where you guys aren't respecting the house, and um, we addressed mm-hmm. that. We made a video where we uh, talked about it for the first like five or so minutes of the video, mm-hmm. um, and just was very straightforward. Like, I guess on screen things you know you have to be very straightforward in what you're doing and what your intention is and that's mm-hmm. something we learned pretty early on and we we're mm-hmm. like hey guys like we talked about estate sales what they are how they work in our area of the country and right. um how when we go into estate sales there's always honor and respect for the home mm-hmm. even if i am going through a box yep mm-hmm. right like yep. there are estate companies who don't do digger sales and we could mm-hmm. totally see how that can be interpreted as you digging through and rummaging yeah. through somebody's mm-hmm. life and belongings. Especially um, if they're not a normal part of that person's uh, like going and finding vintage, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but we, we took the time to like address it and let everybody know like what our intentions are going in, you know? Again, we're collectors. We're not going in to find the most highest valued ticket item and mm-hmm. resell it. We're going in to, you know, see somebody's yeah, I, life they've built. There is like, um, you know, obviously there's like a, an elephant in the room, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if you just go in with respect, mm-hmm. everyone should. Everyone yeah. should, but, but it is, you know, it is disheartening to see sometimes like yeah. even, even being removed from that person's life, not knowing who they were, mm-hmm. but to see someone like go in and just like completely tear apart a room yeah. to find something is, yeah. is hard. Yeah. yeah. Because there is a, a very clear distinction at estate sales, right? Or mm-hmm. things where you're going through somebody's home. There are the people that are there 
reverently, you know, they're not really talking, they're moving through, stepping out of the way, putting things back where they got them. Like, I am always disheartened when I walk into like the room that's been set up as the linen room. And somebody has just gone and basically flipped piles upside down and put stuff all over the place. Or, you know, you see people just running through the house, kind of pushing people out of the way to get to what literally nobody else is going to know that that's a mid-century atomic lamp. But the way you're (laughs) acting to go towards it shows me you would like to resell that, which is fine. It's just the difference in the atmosphere you're bringing. Like the one sale we went to, the digger sale, where everybody is feverish about what they're finding. Yeah, it's a weird vibe. And there was no structure. So everybody just had piles everywhere. All of a sudden, I hear this like argument break out in the hallway. And the gentleman that, Charlie, it was his mother's home, the home he grew up in and had been vacant for at least 20 years, but still filled with her things, (laughs) is at the dining room table. And I'm an observant person by nature and kind of scope out that this person's not digging. They look like they're sitting by a pile of pictures. They're probably related. These two women start going at each other about somebody's digging through somebody's pile. And I just like stand up from behind a box. And I was like, that's enough. That's Mm -hmm. enough. There's no set piles. Nobody knows whose pile it is. This is not the way to handle this situation. You simply say, oh, I'm so sorry. That's actually my pile. I should. But I was like, don't fight about this fucking person's dead mom shit. Yeah. Right. Really gross. It is. Yeah. Anyways, there's our soapbox about don't be a dick at estate sales. Yeah, be nice, guys. (laughs) Yeah, it's such an interesting topic. And there's so many varied opinions, I feel. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to remove yourself sometimes and just say, like, it's just stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just stuff for me. It's just stuff. And, you know, step back and let the people figure it out on their own, you know. And Mm -hmm. I'm here for for what I'm here for. And if I can't get it, I can't get it. You know, okay. Yeah. And now what I think the good thing is about your platform as well as our platform is it's giving people who have either never been around vintage, never been around collectibles, giving them pause when emptying a relative's home or knowing somebody who is emptying that space. Like now I do hair professionally and when I'm behind the chair and my clients will ask me about this show, I will just say, do not throw anything away in a house of a loved one until you invite somebody who knows about it to walk through it, Mm -hmm. to just tell you. This is this. And I tell my clients, if you need me to come look at something, I'm like, send me something. I love to look stuff up, but please don't throw stuff away. Right. I'm like, those glass lamps you hated from the 70s are crazy. Handwritten recipes, stamps, ephemera. I'm like, there is a collector for everything. Sure. Yeah. Please don't throw it away. Yeah. Because someone will love and respect that. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And that's a good way to honor the person who has passed away. Yeah. Really? My grandma would have been stoked if I had called her and been like, you're never going to believe this estate sale. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? And that's that was the the biggest takeaway from it was like, okay, like they handled it in the way that she was respected and everybody loved it. And I heard lots of great feedback. And that's great. All of yeah. those things. But I'm glad we brought that up like to mm-hmm. speak about because I think it's unknown mostly in some like mm-hmm. circles and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... You both, I mean, it, you know, as the presence of looks like just holiday, right? But what <laughs> else like finds its way into your home that you're looking for when you're both out? Hmm. Um, I would say like uh, 80s and 90s toys. Mm-hmm. Um, some, you know, I really like <laughs> like 90s stickers. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're all '90s babies, yes, so this is a safe are. space for our nostalgia. 
<laughs> so like finding um you know the sandy lion stickers yeah. like just preserved you know from like 1995 like you know yeah. that's what gets me going yeah, those 90s <laughs> there okay i was doing as i was prepping for the estate sale walkthrough which we'll get to do you remember the crazy bones toys <gasps> collectibles yeah yeah that were like little they looked like little. they were hard plastic gummy candy like i thought nope don't eat it yes i had that lovely bit of dopamine nostalgia this morning I think they're crazy bones. Oh my god! Please, I totally forgot about Google them. Please Google it. Crazy bones. Yes, I'm, they were I'm like little. Please. There was everybody. a ton of different ones, and they were just we refer to them as stupid little idiots. Like when they're so cute, they're dumb. Oh wow, this like unlocked a core memory. Literally, <laughs> right? Like where was Buzzfeed on this one? Uh huh. Uh huh. Now we'll have a ten second pause for everybody at home googling this right now, so you can shit your pants collectively with us. <laughs> were these just McDonald's toys? No. no, they were like, I don't, were they the original mini brand? Who knows? We'll cover <laughs> it in the curio be- corner. <laughs> That's exactly oh what God. these were. You know, they didn't make mini brands for children, right? It was for their millennial fucking parents to be like, yes, oh. reward. <laughs> That's what's on this tray behind me. It's just mini brands. Yeah, and there's more upstairs. <laughs> They're my sad, sad day thing. So the other day I was sad. My husband brought home two mini brands and ice cream <laughs> and gummy candy. He was like, here you go, babe. <laughs> then he goes, did you open your treasure? And I was like, no, not yet. I was tired. <laughs> but those were like, so, and the, I worked with a girl that was in her 20s, right? And she would come to work and shit I wore as a kid, like as like hip fashionista. And I was like, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, what did you like, what are you buying this for? She goes, oh, I'm getting like eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, like 90s. She wore fucking, as, and this felt like a slap in the face. She was wearing <laughs> laminated Shrinky Dink uh, Twilight DVD fucking discs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And she like turns her head and I was like, excuse you. I um, uh, briefly worked recently with a 19-year-old who wore like the electric blue eyeshadow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and... And I hated myself mm-hmm. because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming back. You remember the just the formal bang bump that we would do? <gasps> oh, it's circling yep. back. No. Yep. Get your clips mm. and your bobby pins, guys. Oh. I never got time to try ceratops. Just right there. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. all coming back. Yeah, we were in um, Target yesterday looking at clothes, right. and they had like huge like flare jeans oh, yeah. and the crop tops mm-hmm. the crop yeah. tops but not yeah. the crop tops with a regular fucking hem that stupid curly bullshit hem yeah. <laughs> around the bottoms in the arms it was all this yeah. stuff that I wasn't allowed to wear I literally walked into Target and was like did I just wake up from a coma and it's still the yeah. 90s I've been dreaming for 15 years yep see yeah. yeah it is and it's the same I don't know how they couldn't make that glitter fabric less like why couldn't they improve on the scratch of that right Make it better to wear. I saw someone the other day, a woman I think was probably near my grandma's age wearing one of those shirts that like is this big. <gasps> the like and uh, then you can oh, pull yeah. it out. Puffy 3D shirt. Yeah, yeah. And I almost cried and Actually, screamed. I found that in Arizona. <laughs> yes. Shit. Oh man. I also have um some preteen clients that are still wearing the tattoo chokers. Oh man. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love those. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to your vintage. Sorry. In your home. It's okay. We're all doing this spiral of nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> so we have 
we like mid-century and kitsch and all of those things. Are there things specifically you're looking for to add to your collection right now? Like grail pieces? I have to slow down on the Christmas and stuff. Like I've slowed down. (laughs) I actually. I don't think that'll happen. It's like a six week hiatus is fine. That'll slow it. It's really bad. It's real bad. Well, I bring in stuff, but it's not. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pass this along. We are the same person. Don't look at my basement. Really the worst. (laughs) So I think I've slowed down. I think we've gotten almost every single Halloween tabletop blow mold. Maybe. There's like a handful of those. Oh. There's a disturbance in the force. One went after holidays. <laughs> the other one went after Halloween. And they're like, you know, don't tell me to be done with it. <laughs> we need every tabletop one. We have a lot. But we're almost, I feel like we have maybe like five to eight more of those. Like those are top holy grails. What do you mean five to eight more than we need? Halloween tabletop lumbolds. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> Halloween tabletop lumbolds. <laughs> um, so my point being that I need to slow down on the, on the holiday. But you just said we need more. <laughs> Slow down on Christmas specifically, more uh-huh. Halloween, or just start picking That's... up obscure holidays like St. Patty's yes. Day. Yeah, Valentine's <laughs> Day. St. Patrick's Day only oh. from now on. <laughs> I approve that. Yeah, she is Irish. She has your blessing, an Irish blessing, if you will. No, in in the sense of grails, for me personally, um, none that are holiday at the moment until I see it. Um, but I am <laughs> it's I see me. It. I mean, <laughs> but I am after a very specific uh 90s plush called um a secret keepins pup. Yeah, thanks for that trip too. Because I was like, oh I had that. <laughs> <Up now. gasps> All right, continue on the, the, the um for those of you who don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't know what a secret <laughs> keepins pup plush is. <laughs> it is a plush dog from nineteen ninety one. Made by is it Has- Hasbro? No, oh. I think it's Keller. Oh, it's Kenner. 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 Made by she Kenner? just looks yeah. it up. It's the and, one with um, the puppies. Yeah, they're like you know a nice two hundred dollars each mm-hmm. on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're real silly. They have this little uh <laughs> little secret keepings pouch in their belly that opens, that... and I guess you put all your secrets in them. That <laughs> looks so them. anatomical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't that... open it. <laughs> Don't put your secrets in there. Yeah, keep that a secret. This is not okay. It's for cheese only. Little treats. Keep it closed. Mm -hmm. Keep it closed. If it's closed, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason in my mind, I saw this and I was like, oh, yeah, I need that. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me why. That's not an important question. You don't have to explain it to anybody. Thank you. Anybody. (laughs) Because I do feel like I like, I, I just need it. But, um, <laughs> I love this so much. There's three. There's three different kinds. There's the white and the pink one, the all pink one, and the purpley blue one. And the purpley blue one is the most common and cheapest on eBay at like eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Which and oh yeah, yeah, you know, just eighty. Bucks. I almost almost bought it the other day. Um, and then the white and pink one is like two hundred dollars. So bananas. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know what? It's nice to have a grill that's like unattainable that way, you know. I love how you're doing the same <laughs> rationalization I do. It's like, I wouldn't buy it. Well, maybe I'd buy it, but like, it's crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. I almost bought a $90 match striker that was shaped like a mouse and had to just talk <laughs> myself out of it because I, the amount of the hit I'd get from purchasing and then when that fucking tiny box showed up at my house, <laughs> yeah. that's what just it is, really. be like, it was such a good deal. <laughs> 
We have all done that. Mm-hmm. All of us. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to pay that price. Caesar Rushton for like $75. I'm like, sold. <laughs> right. <laughs> for something that's from 1991, it's incredibly hard to find. So yeah. Um, yeah. If anybody listening is uh, <laughs> comes across any secret keepings. <laughs> <laughs> don't open the keepings yeah because it's yeah. the secret it's very yes. it's, send it it's graphic yeah <laughs> sight unseen no, it's, not. it's a cute little dog plush. before we were ruined by the world okay? i'm sorry i was I'm like so i had a bunch of pound puppy stuffed animals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like would just fill her full of other people's puppies and thanks dog for coming in on that yeah. that was perfect yeah like, excuse you i'm out of here i was like you're talking about me yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> What about you, Janine? What are some of your like things you're after? And please mention that the way you said the thing you're after because it made me laugh with the cassette player tape. That damn Halloween cassette player. <laughs> like something so simple, but I can just not find it. Like a plush dog with a open open Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Simple thing. Uh, I love when we have couples on and each one does what you guys are doing of like this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know that thing you were just giving me shit about? Now you're going to talk about your (laughs) cassette player? Like, it is my favorite thing. (laughs) So who makes the goddamn cassette player? Who's making this cutie? You know, I don't know who makes it. Um, You know, it probably was like a cassette player literally from like... The it looks. Back it back. looks like something from like CVS. Yeah, like it would have. It just. Mm-hmm. It moves, and it's got ghosts, and it's just <sighs> the most amazing little, like Halloween. Because I really love Halloween from like the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, financially too, I like that. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh-huh, that's where I have decided yeah. to sit for a little while. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just if it, that cassette player fits perfectly into my idea of like the eighties nineties Halloween setup, and I can put my little McNugget buddies around it. Yes. <laughs> will I find it? I don't know. How much does it go for? A lot. I or think, is it just like hard? I think fun? one. I think one sold for like forty dollars on eBay. Okay. Oh, that's reasonable. So it's, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. All it's, of it's us just encourage it. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> after this someone's gonna put up for like 500 son of a bitch <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what the podcast does mm-hmm. i do have to say one thing specifically for spell check oh no janine also collects specifically halloween or spooky children's books mm, yes yeah yes. i'm helping spell check pack books and i did one day of helping we packed 25 boxes of books and there was still <laughs> Three quarters of the rest of her study to be packed. I have a lot of books. Mm -hmm. There were like 60 boxes. Yeah. I made my son pack some of them up the stairs because the study was in the basement and I had to pay him for it. Which is, they were (laughs) fucking heavy. I almost broke my back, literally. I was like, I can't. Specific books or is it? Okay. So do we want to add 40 minutes to this episode? (laughs) We cannot, but you can add a minute or two. Okay. So um, I, I collect trash. I like trashy paperback <laughs> horror books mm-hmm. from like the eighties, <laughs> the seventies. Um, I will, I will purchase a book just regardless because I like books. But as far mm-hmm. as collecting goes, the really have you ever heard of the the book uh, Paperbacks from Hell? Mm-hmm. No? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Most people haven't. It's all <laughs> it's it's a book about horror 
novels from the 70s and 80s. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And I just like my dream is to get all of the books in that book. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Yes. And classic literature and all sorts of occult things. She's diminishing it because I told her to, but it's really, (laughs) it's cool. I like going through it. I was like, well, now I know what to not find you. Yeah. I have, I have several thousand books. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, There's like a market amazing. for like vintage horror books. Isn't yeah. There? Some of yeah. them, I mean, for a crappy little paperback that's like <laughs> 200 pages, some of them go for like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Wow. We uh, recently found, you might be into this, um, a hardcover edition of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. <gasps> Shit. And like, oh. do you have it? Can I buy it from you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I didn't Janine know. Was like, we're like in the thrift store, and I was like, "Look at what I found! Like, I think this is really special." Jean's like, "Keeping that right? Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna sell that, right?" Okay, like, can we just talk about how fun of a score it is. First? So, if you find another one, <laughs> find me on Instagram, <laughs> please. It's like a library edition. Wow, which is interesting. yeah, yeah, and never seen it before. It's like one on eBay for six hundred dollars right now. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like wild. It has that damn sticker on the front of it, so we have to find a good way to oh. take that off carefully. Spellcheck used to work in a library. I worked in a library oh. for years. Okay, so what? Y- y- there's a specific type of alcohol-based, um, s- basically sticker remover that libraries oh. use. If you go to your public library, ask to talk to the processing department. They might just let you use some at the table. Just like show them the book and say, "Hey, I need this off. Can you help?" Because it's a kind that doesn't ruin the paper. That's amazing. It's oh, on wow. the dust cover. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's for. We're going to do that. Go to your wow. local Thank library. Thank you. That's amazing. Because <laughs> what were we going to do? We were going to, I don't know what we were going to do. You don't, don't do I'm whatever you were thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was afraid it's going to sit on there for too long too and mm. become like sticky and gross. And so It is, gonna... but this specific remover and fuck, I can't remember the name of it, but I used it constantly because it was <gasps> We'll find it out and we'll put it in the curio corner. Oh this my episode. gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Well, uh, tomorrow we'll have to go to the, the <laughs> library. To the library. Yes. Walk up with this book. Yep. Hey, our friend <laughs> said. Yeah. yeah. Say say you need to speak to whoever does the catalog. It's funny we bring that book okay. up because it's in my next favorite part of the show. Oh no. The estates I walk through. But before we get to that, which this is lovely. I hate when I get to this part where I have to be like, okay, I have to stop talking to you about all your cool shit and now torture you. <laughs> But before we get to that, where can our listeners find you online? We are Shiny Bright Doggo um, across all platforms. So we are on Instagram. We are on YouTube. We are on TikTok, surprisingly. Nice. We are <laughs> we're on, well, eBay, we're a little we're bit on different. Whatnot. We're on Whatnot, too. I don't know if you guys have heard of this Whatnot. I've app. heard about it. We'll circle back to it. Yeah. So we are Shiny Bright Doggo across the board everywhere. Cool. And of course, we'll have those linked everywhere. We always have them linked on our website as well as tagged on our Instagram. Now, this whatnot thing is fairly new, right? It yeah. is. Tell us what. What is it? Brief. Yeah, it's it's fairly new to us. Um, and the platform itself is yeah two years old. Yeah, it's pretty, it's like in its infancy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it started out with like Funko Pops, mm-hmm. no? I think it did. And like reselling Funko Pops. And what it is, it's an app, but you can also use it on desktop. And Janine put it in a good way. It sort of combines eBay with QVC. So it's basically a platform for live sales. Oh, so wow. People can go on, show whatever they're selling, and then you can live bid 
on whatever's being auctioned off. Um, hmm. And there's it really is. no platform for that, surprisingly, yeah. right now. Well, I um, wonder what the regulations are by state, depending on your like auctioneer rules. Yeah, that'd be or th- if that's a thing that you have to worry about with that, where like you don't have to worry about it with eBay. It's interesting. I think it, yeah, I think it's more similar to eBay. The only difference is that somebody's there showing it to you live. Very cool. Yeah. And yeah. like we've done live sales on Instagram and it gets a little difficult because people are like bidding in the comments and the lag. Yep. So this is very straightforward and easy, I think, for the buyer and the seller. So we're very mm-hmm. excited. We're having our first sale next week. Yeah. So we're excited. Yeah, very excited. We'll say, we'll say thank you. We'll check back in, see how you did. If it was bad, we'll cut that entire part out of the episode and never mention it again. (laughs) Great. All right. So this has been an absolute delight. And I could talk to you guys about all the cool shit and 90s nostalgia until I went blue in the face. (laughs) But it's time for my favorite part of the show and literally nobody else's. I don't mind it so much. Thank you. (laughs) Jill goes, this is where we've made this beautiful friendship and you ruin it. Yeah, Jill hates it. Mm So it is the estate sale walkthrough. Now, with the estate sale walkthrough, all of the items are real and exist in the real world. But like anything in the estate sale walkthrough, everything will fit in your house. You have the money to afford it. It is in perfect, pristine condition in whatever color or order or whatever you want it to be. If you think it is that, it is that. No exception. You have the right car to haul it home. You are strong enough to pick it up. Take an old lady out by the knees and it's yours. Whatever you want to do. Bite somebody. (laughs) The only exception is there are no loopholes. You are responsible for finding your own. It's up to you. Each description will have one, two, or three items to choose from. You can only choose one of the items. That's it. Are we ready? I think so. I'm ready. All right. We usually start with our guests, so... I will offer it up to both of you to pick first. Today we're headed to a place we've never been to on the show, the Goodwill Bins. We've got our gloves and hydration and gumption, and we're ready to go. We head to the first gargantuan bin of books. (laughs) Digging through, we come across a bundle of scary stories to tell in the dark, or... A bundle of In a Dark, Dark Room and Other Scary Stories. Janine, we'll start with you. Which one are you picking? Oh, boy. Um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, all right. Laura? I think I had the same answer because I did read those a lot as a kid. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty nostalgic Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, definitely in a dark, dark room. Same. Mm. Also going with in a dark, dark room. The lady with the green ribbon tied around her neck. Dude. Shaped uh, my childhood. Haunted me. Mm-hmm. Haunted I literally me. thought my head was going to fall off forever. Forever. Yeah. Good. That one. Glad we, we covered our bases on that. Nobody's fighting. <laughs> All right. Next, we spot a new bin being rolled out from the back. We head over and assume the position. We have cornered it. We're on all four sides, right? Poking out from the horde is a shiny bundle of mercury picks. But right below it is a box of plastic diorama Christmas ornaments in the box. Laura, Ah. which are you picking? I'm the worst with these type of questions because, you know, my my question would be like, well, what do they look like exactly? Exactly what you want them to look mm -hmm. like. Oh, anything. Anything. Um, The picks. Oh. Yeah. All right. Janine. I have ornaments, ornaments, mm-hmm. ornaments. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it picks because I don't know what that is. All right. I will show you and enlighten you and you'll be excited. <laughs> I This was a specifically hard one for me because both of those two things are on my list of things to find. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think because I have a lot of vintage ornaments already, I don't have any diorama ones, but I would, the Mercury picks are at the top of my list of things I want to just have in my holiday display. Uh-huh. So I think I'll go with those first and be upset, nice. but I'll be okay. <laughs> I'll be right. Okay. This one I had to write because we're all 90s babies and it is a time travel question. Yes. Okay. But before we load up in the time machine and punch in our numbers, we got to pick where we're going. And for this question, we're specifically going back to be on a children's show from the 90s. Would you choose to be on all that, Zoom, or Guts? We'll start with you two. What are we picking? Uh, Do do, do you have it? Guts. Yes. yes. Right? I think so. You think Guts? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Guts. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am also going to choose Zoom because I would watch the entire episode and go, how do I get on this fucking show? And then I was like, what's Brooklyn? Not Idaho? Rude. I would choose also, we just had public access cable. So yeah. Yeah. Zoom for me. Ooh, but it was a choice between that and guts though, because mm-hmm. what a yeah. thrill ride that show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I loved watching Zoom. Oh Yeah. So much fun. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be a part of that, like, cool kid gang. I, oh, yeah. I didn't watch a ton of TV as a kid. That was fair. I messaged her before I wrote this question and went, <laughs> what is your familiarity with 90s children's game shows? And she was like, none. It's got to be shows. And I'm like, roger that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I read a lot as a child. It's okay. It's serving us well now. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't too torturous for everybody thank you both so much for sitting down with us today this was a joy i cannot wait to share the two of you with our listeners i know that are going to welcome you with open vintage loving arms thank you so much (laughs) can't wait to have y'all body double while i do work while i'm organizing (laughs) shit and watching a shop together yeah thank you so much for having us yes so we're honored and it was a ton of fun and we could definitely go on and talk about this forever so you'll have to come back at some point You'll have to. I hope you guys have a wonderful Sunday. Please enjoy it. You too. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. To hear even more about the items we speak about today with Janine and Laura at ShinyBright.com, stick around for this week's Curio. I was, first of all, very excited to be back in the office recording. Second of all, to have you join me me that day it was a busy uh it's been a busy several weeks very fair <laughs> in multiple ways so many things and i told my husband that none of my friends are going to move anytime soon again mm-hmm. and that we may not need as strong as much as it has been needed <laughs> dude your husband is an ox quite literally i and he doesn't quite understand it. My husband can carry like a washer or a dryer up the stairs by himself. Or a stove. Yeah, like a vintage stove. He is freaky strong and then he'll just come home and whatever, gallivant about. Yeah, but then he's like all gentle with your little baby. I know. He's, he's really the best. He's pretty amazing. He's pretty great. Little golden retriever gamer boy. Yes. 
We all love, love him. It. I love it. And I was excited to talk to him about this interview that we had with the lovelies at Shiny Bright Doggo mm-hmm. because it was literally just an hour of nostalgia. Yes. Like, talking so much. And then also at the beginning of this episode, like I said, our new recorder that we bought in January took a shit. Yeah. Twice. Mm-hmm. It cut off the first portion of this interview, which luckily was very little time. Mm-hmm. And then when we came to record the Curio Corner initially. Yeah, the and first I was time. Here with all my stuff. Jill had the other recorder. It wouldn't work. It was not working. So we uh had to wait and Gray graciously put together your grandmother's episode. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad we have that. I'm so glad we did that. Mm-hmm. And I love now when I see your grandma Mickey that like her face lights up and it's just beautiful. Yeah, She's, she remembers you. Oh. Which feels so special. Yeah, and she's only met you the one time. Yeah, I love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. But I was, like, as we were going down this memory hole lane mm-hmm. with these two, first I was impressed that they started their channel purely for uh, doing it for fun yeah. versus, like, so many other people start something to, like, monetize it or, you know, I don't know, gatekeep, girl boss, whatever, gaslight, whatever. And I really like that they are doing it from that angle because I feel like you can teach so much more when you're not trying to charge for it. Yeah, because it's not really coming from a place of trying to get someone else to do something. It's just you being excited about it. Yeah, enjoy this. Enjoy Mm -hmm. this with us. Yeah. And it's really great. I've learned, obviously, a ton from sitting down and talking with people. And I do love watching YouTube at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to kind of add that into my Sunday workday thing. It's like turning on one of their videos, having it play in the background as I work. Like, I think it's... Great. And that's how I get a lot of ideas for like estate sale walkthroughs or finding things that are past my realm of like vintage. Right. Because there's, I think it's, I feel like it's going to be difficult for us to start thrifting things from our childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, because we don't see it the way that Mm -hmm. we see other vintage items. And it's just that cycle of, well, I had it when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. so it's not really that amazing. Literally. But that's the exact reaction that all of our grandmas have. Uh And we freak out about it. So it's like that cycle's restarting. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do with my clients that are, say, I don't know, like we're getting married in the 70s, Mm -hmm. right? I will bring up items that I see people pay a lot for that they probably got as a wedding present, like towels. Right. Or mid-century, like the lamps from the Mm -hmm. 60s and 70s Hollywood Regency, those types of things. Yeah. And I'll ask them, I'll be like, do you remember getting these like floral towels? And one of them will be like, oh my God, yeah, I got like a whole set and yada, yada, yada. And I said, do you know how much those sell for now? And Mm -hmm. she, and it's the same thing. It's going to be repeating. Like when um, Olivia that used to work with me would come in to work with wearing something that I wore as a Mm -hmm. child, I would just look at her like dumbfounded. And then she would look at me like, okay, why are you panicking? Right. "Uh, Because I literally threw that in the garbage. I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. Right. I didn't think it was going to, like, I don't know if you've been to Target recently. Oh, my God. But there is an entire section that looks like it is straight out of a Delia's limited to mm-hmm. fucking Disney Channel Jesus. ass stuff. It, I, yes, I had, I literally stopped in the middle of this, like, clothing section the last time I was there and said out loud, how the fuck old am I? Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, looking at stuff. I was, like, that's cute. And then I was, like, Wait. I've crossed some strange bridge mm-hmm. where I 
I couldn't put it on to feel attractive. I would just yes. feel like I was still in third grade. Oh my God, yes. I'm like, I wear crop tops now specifically because I wasn't allowed to wear them when I was mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I may go back to butterfly clips. I may do that. Please do. Yeah. If you find good ones, tell me so I can get some too. I will. You want to hear the happiest and saddest I ever was as a child yes. in this instance? <laughs> There's a thing in Shelly called Spud Day, right? It's just God a potato it, festival. And they had these booths that were like accessories, you know, all mm-hmm. the bullshit before there was a lot of MLM crowding these things. Yeah. And there was a booth filled with the butterfly clips, the butterfly clips that had springs and <gasps> glitter. I had only two of those. And like the roach clip before we knew it was a roach clip. <laughs> oh my God. And they had the claw clips, mm-hmm. right? The tradish. Yeah. And I remember I had saved my money, mowed lawns or whatever. I had bought a whole bunch of these and mm-hmm. I wore a smiley face claw clip to school. As you do. And then as you also do as a fourth grader, Mm -hmm. you try to spin like a stripper on the tether pole pole. Yeah. And I did and I slipped and smashed my head into the ground and obliterated my smiley face clip. What the fuck? Yep. The next day. The next day. Oh God, that's... You know, Mm -hmm. I always... Uh, for the longest time, I thought clips, like I would put a clip in my hair, like those big claw ones, because I was feeling like lazy and fuck off to the whole world. It's mm-hmm. Like, this is not cute and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be cute. And now that's exactly what they are. Yeah, I I was purely doing it to be like main character. When I say main character, it's been an affliction from the beginning. Your whole life. Literally. I would just put clips in and then pull those little two noodle strands. Oh, yeah. And did you fetish. gel them too? Oh, yeah. You got to make them nice Saturate and Saturate them with hairspray. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. I get, did that. Get that blue eyeshadow and like the really white frosty lip gloss. Mm-hmm. which I white I, eyeliner. <laughs> I fucking wear that today. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it looks it's in my bag. It's in my mini backpack. Yeah. it's This is like the old ladies that don't get rid of the like... Uh, pink rouge oh my god that's a this is our pink rouge moment what the fuck is happening sam i don't know i'm only 31 here we go anyway should we get into some of the nostalgia that we talked about yeah absolutely so one of the brain niches i had before we sat down was looking up things for um the estates i'll walk through when Mm -hmm. i re-stumbled upon crazy bones Mm. and i learned a fact this evening that i did not know and that they were intended to be a part of a game like yeah. marbles or jacks. And I just uh, wanted the tiny things. I didn't. I had no fucking idea. I had a uh, marbles-obsessed brother, so oh. I knew all about them and none of it was voluntary. Uh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I had a Pogs brother who oh. wanted to play Pogs. Yep. We had marbles in the home. We weren't allowed to play with them, but my son gets to play with them now, nice. much to my chagrin. Did you have the Steelies? I'm, I don't, I, I know fuck all about oh, marbles. Oh, okay. Well, a steely to the head is an experience, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will agree with that. That would suck ass. So, Go-Go's, or Crazy Bones, the full name is Go-Go's Crazy Bones, also referred to as Crazy Bones or Go-Go's. Um, do you want to say that, uh, like, three times fast? Go, go, crazy bones. (laughs) Go, go, Power Rangers. So they are these colorful plastic figurines that look like fruit snacks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. They look just like fruit snacks. And they were in production until 2019. 1996 to 2019. 
Where the fuck are they? Uh, I, when I was looking this up, you buy them on Amazon. They're the new editions. It's not the original ones. And there's an interesting fact about the original ones. So they were started by a Spanish company called, wait for it, Magic Box International. Oh, damn. Yeah. And it started, so the Crazy Bones history was initially inspired by a game played in ancient Greece and Rome, which was called Estralga, which was a game played with sheep knuckle bones. <gasps> That's divination. Like, oh, bone reading. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. We're all witches. All of us playing with, with this is just the, <laughs> the uh, sheep knuckle to crazy bone pathway. Dude. To witchery. So, uh, the modern version obviously was played with these characters molded from plastic. Mm -hmm. And there's hundreds of them, right? So, the interesting thing about the character lineup of thinking like they're still available, mm -hmm. the US originator of Crazy Bone Gogos decided that he wanted to make them more valuable. So, he quote unquote buried the original 60 characters by stopping their production in May of 1999. Like was like limited edition. We're done making those. We'll never make them again. Holy shit. And so those are the most valuable ones. And they came in, uh, they were often sold in like foil packs for about $2. And it came with four pieces, four stickers and a game card. I feel like I remember that. Yeah. I remember the foil packs, but I don't remember giving a fuck about the game. <coughs> uh, and this racked up, okay. $3.5 million of sales in 1998 from Crazy Bones alone in the United States. Small pieces of plastic. Yeah. They were carried by Zany Brainy, Learning Smith, and FAO Schwartz. And um, I, I saw them in Toys R Us. Like, I know mm -hmm. I saw them there. Yeah. And then there was, uh, they released in, like, limited series of characters. Like, the next one that came out was Sports, which I vaguely remember. And there was 40 characters for that. So they discontinued the 60, reintroduced 40, and then it was sports. Okay. And then there was the Things series, which was launched in May of 1999, and that had 60 characters. Mm -hmm. And it is everyday objects, like a TV, a couch, and a book. They were minis. Yeah. Which I loved, of course. They were numbered 61 through 120, and also known as Series 2, a continuation of the original 60. Then there was the Alien series, which I vividly remember. And some of the designs included, and here's their names, Salad Head or Caesar, Cyclops, Boris, Tut, and others. A third series of Crazy Bones, um, it was named The New Generation, was later released, including 120 characters. Mm. And they had like the game rules and stuff on here too. And it was all over the world. It was in the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. It was in Spain. It was in America, Canada. It was like, and it was in line with Pogs. Like these are the same creators. Like oh. Pogs and Crazy Bones are in the same line of development. That's crafty. Yeah. They were in South Africa. So I remember that it was a game, but I do not remember how the game was played. So there is a gameplay, and I'm going to briefly go over this. This is all from Wikipedia. It was the only place I could find like a... A good list. Yeah, a good list. So other than collectible nature of Crazy Bones, there are games that can be played. So one of the games is called Base to Base, and it's three upturned plastic plant pots or cardboard boxes are set up with at least 30 centimeters between each of them. See, I would already be out. I'd be like, I'm not fucking mm. measuring to play this game. They take turns to try to flick each go-go from one pot to the next, landing on top of it. And the boxes are smaller or bigger, so it increases the difficulty. 
Players receive two points for each go-go that makes the second base. In addition, three points to the third base. So this is preparing us for flip cup and beer pong. I was just thinking like the kids who played that are now like doing CrossFit jumps. (laughs) Probably. Jill? (laughs) So uh, then there's bungee elastic. On the end of a meter length of elastic is attached the first go-go. Who has a meter of elastic? Nobody in America. (laughs) Nobody. Holding on to the other end of the elastic, drop the go-go and see how high it bounces back up. The go-go that springs up the highest is the winner, and the player receives five points, and then the point system is denoted by placement of your winnings. Mm. Then there's chuck and catch. (laughs) Taking turns, players put three go-go's in the back of their hand. What? On the back of their hand. Okay. They (laughs) chuck them up in the air and try to catch them as they come back down. So like the old quarter trick. Oh. Is that a Jax thing? I'm glad you're filling me in on all the fucking games I missed out on. I didn't do that either. I don't know what my brain is doing I appreciate it. Players receive three points for each go-go they catch. Diving contest. They're lined up on the edge of a wall. Players take turns to flick each one off. The player is awarded one point for each somersault. Who came up with these fucking games? They're ingenious, but also, like, I just imagine bored parents that were like, please, for the love of God, stay busy for a minute. (laughs) Go flick those things. Anyways, that was um, the uh, gameplay, and then they had all sorts of other uh, merchandise with with lunchboxes, cups to shake them in. I remember having a little one that was purple, and it was like an inch tall, and it didn't have... Uh, arms or legs it just had like protrusions mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yes yeah yeah that one exactly yeah i think those are those are something i could see from my childhood collecting because i like miniatures yeah mm-hmm. i gotta go for the buried ones the graveyard of of course you do have to find the hardest ones to get why not just siphon through people's yard sale shit how old are your kids <laughs> my age perfect <laughs> Any toys? Any toys? I was also stoked on this episode to bring up something that you love very much. Yeah. I, I knew that the the book stuff was inside of the interview, but you didn't know until you got to my house. Right. Yeah. No, I got super, super excited. I think I made some weird noises. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they Part of their collection is like horror Halloween creepy stuff which obviously is right up my alley but also uh specifically books they collect a lot of halloween books so i was uh just so fucking excited about it (laughs) um because it's something we talked about in the episode uh when we interviewed b did we interview me when i was interviewed by you oh (laughs) that one yeah i feel like we did but that was it was a long time ago a moment ago but i'm sure we did Anyway, so paperbacks from hell is one of my favorite objects in existence. It's this book. It was written by uh, Grady Hendrix. It was released, um, I want to say not too long ago, but it was probably like more than 10 years ago now, which makes me feel extra old. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I'm looking at the product description on Amazon. Uh, take a tour through horror paperback novels of the two most iconic decades, Ooh. if you dare. Dun, dun, dun. Page through dozens and dozens of amazing book covers featuring well-dressed skeletons, evil dolls, and knife-wielding wielding killer crabs. <laughs> Everybody's biggest fear. <laughs> I don't care if the stock market falls. 
I'm stressed out about killer crabs. Right. No. So, okay. The, the art on the covers of these novels is so specific and is just one of those weird things I decided to start collecting. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to like, you can go into a, a used bookstore or thrift store and scan the spines of paperbacks and find them because they have really specific fonts that they use and there's specific um, like color schemes. But this book is basically just listing all of the best books from the 70s and 80s with these just god-awful like B-movie covers. Yes. And they all have just insane plots like the babysitter is really a vampire <laughs> or or the, I don't know, the baby's the spawn of Satan. Like, yes. Well, because Rosemary's Baby is in there and The Exorcist is in there. So you get your classics like that. But then you also get stuff like uh, Night Shriek where it's like a cat that's going <laughs> to like murder everybody. Or yeah, it's... It's as ridiculous as possible, and that's why I like it so much. We should do like a book club in October where we just read paperbacks from hell. Oh my God. I would be so fun. Is this a real thing? Can we do yeah, this? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. When we went on the hunt, Jill and I, when we were in um, the last bookstore in Los Angeles. <gasps> the books you found me? We were on the hunt for mm. the books that you collect. And we looked and looked and looked, and we'd pick one out. We'd be like, no, we'd pick one out. No. And then we found the ones that are like paperbacks from hell and... Yeah, they're like wrapped in like little, these little like plastic sandwich baggies, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, we got those. And I was like, smell them. They smell like old books too. It's one of my favorite smells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever light that candle I got you? It's gone. Is it packed or did you throw it away? No, I burnt it. Oh shit! <laughs> like nice. I burnt the whole thing. <laughs> did it smell good? It was amazing. Oh, good. Okay. It, it made my body feel things. <gasps> Yay. Yay. It was from this darling little Etsy shop that I cannot remember the name right now, but um, it was, oh, good. I'm glad it was good. The last one I wanted to touch on was um, QVC, <laughs> which <laughs> is i certain that my grandmother could have been a, a stakeholder in the company. Mm-hmm. And QVC was founded in like the 80s. What? Yeah. I had no idea that it wasn't like older than that or had a... It feels very 60s to mm-hmm. me. 1986 by Joseph Siegel in West, Chens- Res- oh, West Chester, <laughs> Pennsylvania. It broadcasts in more than 350 million households in seven countries. Excuse me? Including channels in the UK, Germany, Japan, and Italy. I feel like Germany it probably has a really dedicated following to UVC. I would. Wow. That's just my brain has decided that. Isn't that just bananas? Is it? It's still a thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still like in all that has this dedicated channel. I think growing up, it was like on channel four or something. Oh, yeah. Channel after the video game channel. I'm not going to go into all the history of it, but it's been like people have tried to buy it out. It's been failed. Like it plays all day long. Like Seriously. All day long still. Even in like the age of streaming and stuff. Yeah. Whoa. Because, okay, who is still ordering things off of the television? Oh, duh, Kate. Old people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, generally speaking, right? I always thought that was like a cornerstone of getting older was like being able to be like, if you're 18 or older, call this number. (gasps) Never done it. Because now I'm like, fuck scammers, probably. (laughs) Also, I've had cable in a decade. Right. I've never had cable. Yeah. Now we just have Amazon. My parents had cable. So the 18 or older thing, I always thought whenever I heard that when I was younger, it was like, oh, it's a sex thing. (laughs) No matter what it was. Absolutely for sex. (laughs) 
<laughs> and now this what I call music. That has ruined me when I'm at work. And I will hear the songs that were the snippets in those, like, oh. not now that's what I call music, but the predecessor to that, mm-hmm. which was like the Michael McDonald. Yeah. Like, in it. Uh, what, what is that? I supposed to live? <laughs> that one, you know? <laughs> it's like the infomercial CDs or whatever. Yeah. You thought you knew smooth jazz. Wait until this collection of 27 hits <laughs> from the 70s to 80s. And then the music plays. Samantha? Yes. Please sing that again. (laughs) Hold on, I gotta get into it. How am I supposed to live without you? It's too much pressure. Cut that. Don't do that. Don't you release that. Anyways. But it was all of those songs. And when they come on at work, all I can see is that commercial playing. Right. Because of the era we grew up in of ordering shit from the television i'm having a hard time breathing it's okay <laughs> when we would go to my grandparents house our tv was always on mute right and it was either on fox news the o'reilly fucking whatever oh. and qvc oh goodness and well, if you're like there at times that she wanted to do some shoppings like mm-hmm. you gotta go you gotta go qvc mm-hmm. is just feels like the most american thing yeah Really, like, and it was purposeful that my family did not get my grandmother like a tablet or a computer or teach her how to internet. <gasps> oh, because if she would have had access to online shopping, shit. She said she had catalogs and QVC. We kept her in the dark ages for a reason. Jeez, I remember circling stuff in catalogs when I was a kid for Christmas. Yeah, the Sears catalog. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's like an inch thick of toys. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, I was really like uh, greedy. Mm-hmm. And then I'd get further through the book and realize like how much I had dog-eared and circled and was like, now nah, I got to go make choices <laughs> in order of what I really want. <laughs> like, shit, I don't want them to give me that fucking horse thing that I don't really want. It just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Choices were made. Choices. And then I'll never forgive my mother for getting me the, um, I think I've told this story before, that's how deeply this injured me, it was the Spice Girls debacle of... Fucking everybody knew I loved Baby Spice more than anything in this world. And my mom got me Posh and Scary Spice. I like Scary Spice. But fucking Posh, mom? Read the room. Read the room. Baby. (laughs) Always. Always. And then I had a friend who, her mother was buying her affection, bought her all of the Spice Girls. And the tour bus. And the other set of shit. Kate's dying of laughter. (laughs) Yep. So if you're wondering what this episode really brought up for me, apparently it's a lot of toy-related childhood stuff. So the toy that I never got that I really wanted was uh, the Bo Peep with the three-headed sheep from Toy Story. I remember so vividly going into Toys R Us with my mom, (laughs) and I pointed to it, and I thought, oh. That's the one. That's mm-hmm. the thing that I need to survive for the rest of my life. And of course, we couldn't get it because it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I have remembered that to this day. And I looked it up once. And if I still had that bitch, oh, my God. <laughs> it's worth so much money now. I can't buy it. Oh, shit. The three-headed sheep was the thing I wanted because, you know. Why not? A Cerberus sheep, essentially? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wanted it. I know that's why you want it. 
Anyways, if this episode has spurred any other childhood uh, memories unlocked for you, mm. please let us know. Yes. I would love to hear your stories of missed attempts at owning a toy that would have fulfilled you. Yeah. Please share in our misery. Please. And while you're at it, please be sure to check out Shiny Bright Doggo across YouTube and Instagram and check them out on that new sales app that I cannot remember the name, but we'll link it because yes. it's not sticking in my brain. Um, but there was one other fact. They had mentioned something about the uh, scary stories you're afraid to tell in the dark. Yes. About the spine needing repaired and we were going to look up an adhesive. Oh. What is that adhesive? Okay. So when I worked at the library, um, one of the jobs that I had through my tenure was working in the processing department and uh, that involves preparing the books for checkout. So we had to uh, maybe fix the binding or put plastic on the covers, put all the stickers on, blah, blah, blah. Um, a lot of books will come with stickers already attached or sometimes if you get a sticker put on the wrong spot, you've got to remove it. And the stuff that we used was called Undo. It's the original formula sticker tape and label remover. Hmm. Um, and you cannot buy it or sell it in California, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's this alcohol-based remover that you can literally dump onto paper, remove the sticker, and the paper dries, and it's like nothing was ever there. It takes off all of the adhesive and doesn't destroy the book at all. Wow. A lot of adhesive removers are oil-based, so you can't use them on paper. Right. But this one... Um, you can dump that shit on there all day long and the book is fine. It's amazing. That's. I wonder if that's like a, it would be a good thing to have in your collection too for cleaning various types of vintage pieces that come with egregious stickering oh, or taping. Absolutely. Because it's gentle enough for old paper. Wow. But it also has a horrendous smell and there's definitely fumes. Like don't breathe this shit in. That's why California's like, get it out of here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that stuff, you can buy it on Amazon. I mean, it's not like you don't have to special order it for like library work. You can get it. What was the name of it again? Undo. Uh, I think it's just undo. Yeah. Not undo goo. No, it's U N hyphen D U. Wow. Undo original formula, sticker tape and label. Remover. And it kind of looks like the packaging kind of looks like the old uh, fabric pen. Like we paint a t-shirt with. So what you're actually looking at is it's a squeeze bottle kind of like um, like a dropper. Uh -huh. And that black part there, you'll see, we'll post it, is actually a scraper. So you can scrape <gasps> off. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yep. Anyways, uh, be sure to check out all their things, Shiny Bright Dog on YouTube and Instagram and all the various apps. They are fantastic. I love what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. It's a great way to learn about a lot of things. It's a great way to look about like picking stuff and what's good mm -hmm. to take home. And they were truly a delight. And it's always wonderful to sit down with you to record. I love it when you're in the office with me Aww. and in the curio corners. It's just marvelous. Thanks. Marvelous. As always, we will have all of the images from this week posted on our website, themothballprophecies.com, as well as our Instagram, the Mothball Prophecies original. Not dot com. Not dot com. It won't work. As always, I hope you find some tremendous shit this week. And please remember to do your research. Always. Bye. Bye. Bye.